Well, hello. I'm Lainey, also known as Electro Girl, and I'm an advocate for empowering people to get back in the driver's seat of their diagnosis. See, I was diagnosed with epilepsy 30 years ago and basically was never satisfied with hearing from a doctor that pharmaceuticals would be the only approach to controlling my seizures. I just wasn't going to take it. Out of my way, mortal. So I committed many, many years to researching and finding an answer outside of the Western medicine approach to find a more holistic approach in managing and treating my epilepsy and the seizures. The Love Your Diagnosis podcast is a show about exactly that. Each week, we will be looking into the life of someone who has been diagnosed with a condition or illness and has succeeded in managing their diagnosis both in and outside of Western medicine. Basically, what put them back in the driver's seat of their diagnosis. So hang around with me while we explore living in and outside the medical square when it comes to loving your diagnosis. Yep, g'day. So, it's me, Lainey the host of the podcast, I am going to be doing this special on Love Your Epilepsy Diagnosis because that is something that I've experienced in my life and it's not really well known around the world about epilepsy so much. So I wanted to speak to some warriors, as in not W-O-R-R-Y, but W-A-R-R-I-O-R some epilepsy warriors that are out there kind of making their own rules about how they're going to spend the rest of their life living with a condition that is so unpredictable and a bit of an invisible illness. People are very scared of you. There's misinformation and some terrible myths that are going around about how you can catch epilepsy if you touch someone when they have a seizure. I mean, please. (sighs) Anyway, so the very first woman I have on today is a lady called Laurieann, who I met because she actually uh, walked into a shop and my book about my journey with epilepsy was there and she read it and loved it and could identify with it. And so she got in touch with me and, you know, everyone's story is different. So Laurieann's is quite an exceptional story. Uh, the reason I love her story is that, you know, despite everything, and she does have quite a few seizures and she's had many, many of them. Hers is a bit different to my story and she is basically getting to know herself and how she can live a life that she's comfortable with while still understanding that these seizures are going to be in and out of her life. But let's hear Laurieann's story because, you know, it's for anyone that has epilepsy or anyone listening there's a fight, uh, there's a fighter within you that doesn't want this condition to overtake your life too much. So let's hear Laurieann's little version. Episode one, love your epilepsy diagnosis. Where are you actually in northern New South Wales? In Nimbin. You're in Nimbin. That's magnificent. So we met actually, well, you went into a shop and saw my book that I wrote about my journey with epilepsy. And what stood out about it to you? Like, why did you want to get in touch with me? 
Um, just because not many people I can talk to about this condition. So it was awesome to be able to actually talk to someone who understood what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, and that's a common thing about where do you turn yeah, who can you talk to that understands your journey? Because there's different journeys with epilepsy as we've uh, as we both know and as I'm trying to get across in this epilepsy edition of, of, of the podcast. How long ago were you diagnosed? What age were you when you started feeling that something kind of wasn't right in your brain? Um, well, I had my first grand mal seizure in 2011. So I was um, rushed off to hospital. For years, they diagnosed me with unknown seizures. So they, they couldn't put a name to my condition. I did all, obviously, the testing like MRIs, EGGs, and I got normal for everything. So they couldn't work out what was going on for a very long time. And I went to a lot of specialists. So before 2011, you were having seizures? No, I'd never had a seizure. Not a grandma seizure before. But other ones? You were having other kinds of abnormal activity in your brain? As a child, when I was four, I was having extremely high temperatures and then they'd have to put me in ice baths and then I would go into seizures. But they said back then, speaking to my mum, because she's a nurse as well, she said that they were unsure of what it was they weren't like grandma seizures I didn't have that kind of testing because I was so young but it came down to it being my kidneys and they just flushed it out and then the seizures stopped right and so you had kind of seizure free norm normal in inverted commas brain until 2011 how old were you then I just had my daughter uh she's about one year old so I would have been around 26 or 27 yeah, and they thought they put it down to that maybe my hormones changed because I just had a child. And so there were so many things that they just put it down to. I also had severe childhood abuse as a child. So they thought that it could have been the trauma from that does tend to come out when you get older and can deal with it more. There's so many things they just really didn't know. See, it's interesting that they even thought that because when I was diagnosed and that was in 1990, I tried to explain that I think it's emotional and that wasn't even allowed to be thought that wasn't even a possibility it was all science 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 your brain's acting out abnormally we're not even going to take into account that it could be your period or emotions so yeah so it's good to know that it's changed a little bit I think with me too I was having like I had a topic pregnancy um, my mum also just managed to work for 26 years with the gynecologist so he um, was operating on me I had to have a tube removed I had a lot of pelvic inflammatory disease endometriosis things like that that were to do with working with gynecologists and so I think because of that is why they could see that it was linked in and then also too we've definitely noticed now I always get them on my period or when I'm ovulating so they couldn't they can't really reject it and I've really pushed it and just said hey like I have to deal with this. I deal with this every day and I can see my body. You can see the patterns. I have a full-time carer who can see what's happening. My mum's always was involved in coming over when I'd have seizures. Uh, I mean, I, I, at the start, I was getting taken to hospital, so ambulance would have to come. And during, I was actually having seizures when they were arriving because I'd have back-to-back -back seizures. I actually ended up punching a uh, ambulance officer and it was her first day of working i don't remember it but everyone jokes about it now is that when you were coming out of it because i know i, I was actually talking to someone about this the other day so uh we may as well touch on it now because it's come up but when i come out of my seizures i'm a, a, apparently really angelic 
people just kind of love when I come out of the seizures, but I still can't remember that 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 experience. But it's it's kind of like very childlike innocence. Everything's rebooting, and I and I'm really soft and angelic, you know, which is different to my normal strong woman fucking go get up. But I have seen a seizure where a woman came out of it really angrily, and one came out kicking and screaming. Yeah, yeah. Still not conscious, but rebooting in that way. So do you do you get feedback that that's how you come out more often than not? Because I'm in hospital, so they do up. Um you know, I'm in intensive care sometimes and they say that I'm like jumping, breaking things and psycho. And we've got family that work in the hospital that know me that come to visit and go, I don't know who she is, not Laurie-Anne. Like, uh, I don't, again, I don't remember any of that, but it was more, I was forced to go on epileptic medication. I didn't want to give it a go. Long story, I've, I've spoke to you about this, having my gallbladder removed. I was diagnosed with ADD as a child and had to go on Ritalin and dexamphetamines. And that just destroyed my kidneys, liver, just been on very hardcore drugs for a very long time. Um, so my brain actually ended up swelling. So they took me off the Ritalin, I think it was. I was diagnosed with dyslexia at school. Um, I had colored, colored lenses for glasses. They tried, my mum did a lot to try fix what, you know, was going on. They didn't know. And that's my whole life. It's been, we don't know, we don't know. Uh, this is specialist as well. And my mum works with the medical field. So when I rejected going on epileptic medication, doctors were not happy with me, but they could sort of understand why I was doing it. Just with being a lot of, on a lot of medication my whole life, I didn't want to have to look at medication as a result to have to take that for the rest of my life. So I think my seizures were a lot worse when I was on, they put me on, you know, all the epileptic medication, but I was diagnosed with complex PTSD as well. I've literally tried everything. And I think my seizures, and we've noticed now living out in the mountains, you know, I have horses, I use natural therapy. We've noticed a huge difference with my seizures. When I come out of them, I'm more aware. I'm gentle, like you said, more angelic. I had one a couple of weeks ago and I was like, wow, this is awesome. I'm like full of energy. Everyone can notice it around me. It's big change. How long were you on medication before you decided... I can't do it this way. I've gone to different doctors, you know, I've seen different specialists and they've looked back at what I've taken and they put me on 800 milligrams of ethylene and they said to, for my body weight, because I'm very thin and small, um, I shouldn't have been on that much. I went really crazy. It doesn't have a great reputation, epilim, for a lot of people. Thankfully, you know, back when I was diagnosed as well, that was one of three, I think, that they were using. And now there's like a lot more that they use because, you know, they've realized there's like over 40 different kinds of seizures. So are we talking two years, three years? How long were you on the meds? At least around four or five years. So you gave it a nudge. Yeah. Can you describe your type of epilepsy? You said you had grand mal. They were calling it back then that the tonic clonic seizure. So are they the only ones that you get or do you get other kinds of seizures as well? Um, just more the grandma. They say it happens in both sides of my brain. Back in Townsville where I was living, where I, I trialed where my seizures started up in North Queensland, Australia, where I trialed um, all this medication. My seizures back then, I mean, one the worst case, I was actually unconscious. I was in and out of consciousness, but pretty much sleeping in my bed for three days straight after a seizure. So they were hitting me really hard back then. I don't remember... Whereas my seizures now, 
I can even have gentle ones. I'm, I can be waking up before them. Like that, everything's just changing. So I'm learning and having to look into it and experience and find out more about seizures because it's just unknown to everyone for some reason. Do you get warnings? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. What are your warnings? I get auras. I feel like deja vu all day long for days before. Um, I also sort of know too because I'm on, either on my period or I'm ovulating i only get my seizures in my sleep so that was the one thing that really shocked doctors that they couldn't put everything together so i don't just like fall over lights don't do anything for me things like that um flashing lights so you have nocturnal seizures you don't have them in the daytime yeah they can start at like 3 a.m in the morning or normally 4 a.m in the morning and then i have been known to have one or two during the day because they can keep flowing on that day. So I've been able to even keep my driver's license. Doctors know that I don't just fall into a seizure. So they did take my driver's license off me at the start for a while. And then for many years, I was actually, when we first moved to Nimbin, I was that confused that I couldn't, after seizures and even in between, that I couldn't even get home. I didn't know the direction. And it's a one street town. It's a very small village with 419 people in it and I'd get lost. So it was, I didn't want to drive back then anyway, but I've got to a position where I'm definitely improving. I can feel, it's like my consciousness is coming back. My confidence with that is coming back. It's a big thing, the confidence thing, when you have epilepsy, you've really got to, there's so many facets of life that you kind of have to grasp and try and stay in control of because it's such an out of control condition. When you're feeling all these lead-ups to having a seizure, have you developed comorbidities of anxiety, knowing it's going to come but just not knowing when? Sort of more so scared, knowing that it's going to definitely come and, and being scared of going through one. I definitely wasn't anxious before my diagnosis and then it was always like, oh, fuck, one's going to come. How's it going to look? Where am I going to be? Am I going to die? <laughs> yeah. I always thought I was a strong person. I've been through a lot in my life. But when the seizures started, I was like, whoa, trying to explain to family and friends. I even lost some of my good friends just because I was going that psycho when I was on medication that they were scared. They just they didn't know how to deal with it themselves. And they were so sad to see someone they'd known their whole life who was normal all of a sudden go weird. <laughs> so I, I totally understand where they were coming from. It's a, it's a full on thing, really. Because you're asleep, this is an amazing kind of epilepsy because I'm completely always in the morning is when mine happened, but yours happen at night. So so on some level, because you know you have night seizures, do you kind of feel, I don't know what, what the word is, safer because you know that they're not going to happen out in public? Definitely. I 100% feel safer. My best friend actually was in a, a accident and was hit in the head um, by a bike at, at very high speeds and was in a, a coma for a year. And then the condition from that was that she has seizures and she just falls down everywhere. They've had to completely rechange their house so that it's safe for her because she's in and out of hospital having surgery on her brain because of hitting so definitely I've had a few little things where I've had seizures during the day when it's continued on from having them at night and I was in the bath. I had one in the bath and um, it was just by an absolute miracle that Stafford thought he would just check on me. That's my carer. And he came in um, and actually had to pull me out of the bath and do resuscitation on me. He said I was already purple. I was dead. 
it actually didn't take too long to get me back. He was in the army and he was a medic doing that stuff in the army. So he actually knows what to do. So he's a perfect carer. He sticks his hand in my mouth with my teeth when I'm having a seizure. Yeah, look. That's brave. And I, th- and I think we should put there that, that that's probably not a practice that everyone should do because he knows your seizures. And I honestly don't want people listening to go, oh, fuck, I think I'll do that. No, no, exactly. He knows my seizures very well. I've had thousands and thousands and thousands of them with him. And he even said he has a special technique on the way how he does it. And it's just because I've lost my bottom teeth that that have been trying to not actually have them have to be removed or just knock them out. Um, So he's very wary, like with my eating and things like that, that he really wants me to keep my teeth. The teeth is about the grinding, yeah, in the the seizure? They've put in plates and tried, they put in a a proper plate to try actually keep them all. And I I warned them and said, look, I'll have one seizure and I'm just going to knock this out. And they all laughed at me and said, good, good try, but it, it did happen. I had a seizure and broke it all. So it's, you know, it's more I get infections in the gum and they're trying, they've taught me now, dentists, I didn't realise so much that you have so much sensitivity that you lose taste in foods and all that kind of stuff. So I've got a lot of people that have been trying to help me save and work with my body with these seizures. Okay, so you've gone off the meds and you've gone, I'm just going to do healthy, natural approaches to managing. Can you name some of those things? So we tried a kinogenic diet, so no sugar. Keto, yeah, ketogenic. I've been on CBD oil, the King G one. So living in Nimbin, it's all about your CBD oil. So I've been lucky to learn a lot about that and even been able to grow up myself. When you say you tried, are you still on it? Yeah, I actually, I haven't had, we haven't been able to, the horses ate my last um, tree. So we haven't been able to actually make it, but I can get it on the street. You know, can get it in Nimbin. I've learned where to, the doctors even are learning. It's very new and it's very trial. When you've tried everything, you, you're happy to normally try anything. And it's true to say as well, I will add to that point that It's not just any CBD or any part of the cannabis plant that'll work for epilepsy. It's it's specific strains that work with neurological aspects of the plant and, and, and your brain. So it's not just anything. And I think it's really important to say because... People try that with epilepsy and they're like, it doesn't work. And it's probably because it's a strain, the strain that you're taking, which most people that are selling it now are not really that clued into. Definitely. You know, I urge people if you're going to try it, I mean, it's easy in the States, but here it's so unregulated and just it's we don't have that that advancement in that industry where the cannabinoids that are good for the good for the brain are like CBG, CBN, CBD. It's not just CBD. Look into the strains, people, is all we're, is all we're There's saying. There's so much to it. <laughs> so what else have you tried that's kind of been successful for you? Fasting. I drink rain, rainwater. Um, I'm very blessed to live on a farm, a horse farm. So we've got just everything natural, just trying to take as less pressure off my body as I can to try heal. And I think even... Even that was just learning to love myself and caring because, you know, I I used to drink soft drink or eat Maccas all the time and things like that. I was a lot relaxed. I did end up marrying uh, a personal trainer, CrossFit coach, dietitianist. So he has really changed my way of life. And the doctors did look at that because the seizures did start once I started 
once I married him. So they said, you know, you can have a lifestyle change and that can trigger seizures. So they looked heaps into that. And that's what we found. I think it's been years and years of detoxing, magnesium baths. Did you go down the path of supplementations, you know, B, vitamin B12s and all the things that are, have been known to be good for neural pathways? Yeah, I was taking this amazing stuff. I actually couldn't afford to keep buying it. It was $180 and you put it, you mix it with water and it, it's called a mushroom complex mix. And I was buying it from the <laughs> naturopath. I was buying it from them. So they've been also helping me with like herbs and I put that into my baths. Like we've just been going, I'm living in the right town to do everything natural. Like nimble, I get natural honey, I get raw milk. I'm doing everything natural. And I know that's hard to get in cities. Um, so I've been really appreciating the time. I live on a farm where I'm looking right now at all our trees. It's all fruits. It's all fresh. I just pick off oranges and lemons and just living really natural. So how many seizures now do you, would you say that you have like a month? I've been able to even go like periods where I didn't have them for six months. That's the longest I've gone. And I, I almost thought maybe they'd stopped, but then I have one. So they can be triggered. We think we can see by stress. I, I do have two children. So one of my children, my son, Azariah, they diagnosed they weren't sure what he had when he was around two and a half three they were they wanted to put him on adhd medication so he's got a lot of energy like a lot just i just go non-stop i don't really have time to think about me or my seizures to be honest but i think that's helped having the children there not thinking or worrying about myself because i'm too busy i know that stress is a big one do you get enough sleep i love my sleep yeah you get enough sleep all those sorts of things let me ask you this would you say that you love your diagnosis? That's a hard one. <laughs> I know, right? You love it and you hate it. You'd understand that. I do believe that everything happens for a reason in life. And I do believe that I'm a very spiritual person. I do believe in the spiritual world, which I think my seizures are fully connected with. A lot of people right now, as we've talked about, are committing suicide and, and everything like that. So I kind of feel that maybe my seizures happen to give me the chance to actually help people who really need it. And because I have these seizures, I'm always talking to people about it. And it's a conversation that gets very deep very quickly, as you would know, because then people express that they're going through deep things. And you can't sort of have those kind of conversations when you're doing the grocery shopping Normally, so with my seizures, I've noticed I have been able to connect with people in a, a deep way. And that's sort of what I've always wanted to do as a person was to be able to help people that are really hurting. So I think with me, my seizures um, were given to me as a way to maybe help people who are family of members who have seizures, because it's really hard, as you would know, for the family. Um, my kids have seen me have seizures many times and it's very traumatizing for them. So I do think I, I enjoy the fact that I get that opportunity with people on a deep level. You know, your story is around nocturnal seizures and, and catamenial epilepsy, which is, you know, seizures that are brought on by hormones. Do you have any tips for people that might be listening that are going through either one of those? Just life hacks, tips, anything, advice, opinion? Yeah, for me, the biggest thing, and this is what I'd say for anyone with any condition, not just epilepsy, animals, nature. For me, I'm the birds, you know, there's birds everywhere. So you can get around birds where the kookaburras are my favorite and I, I live around them. I listen out for their calls every day. I've learned to, to understand how humans, how we all connect with them. Horses for me just were life-changing. 
So if you can get around horses, there's ranches all around the world. So I'm sure people even just to visit them or offer to do voluntary work so you can hang around horses, just animals. They're, they're perfect. And I think when you've got a condition that's so intense, there's nothing else for me than, than animals. And find a good support network because you've got an incredible partner, carer, whatever you want to call him. He's, he sounds amazing. Yeah. Particularly was really interested to interview just because your view on your condition, which which is debilitating at times for you, you know, like we've discussed that. Your take on it is still so positive and trying to do it without medication is a full-time job in a way. Respect, you kind of get to a stage and you go, oh, I may have got rid of it, but I don't think that anyone with epilepsy ever really thinks they've got rid of it. It's always that little thing lurking in the back there of like, all right, when are you going to show your face? There was a lot that happened in my life. I think the more you seek to learn about your condition, the more that will come that you'll find. So with me, I really went seeking. That's why I'm living in such a, I mean, Nimbin, for people that don't know, it's a, the Aboriginals lived here first. It's a very sacred area. And I think I can't even explain, I need a lot more time to explain what I've actually gone through and how it's helped me. But I think if you love yourself enough, you will, you will do the work and you'll find the answers that you just can't give up. <laughs> yeah, fellow epilepsy warrioress. Take care and thank you so much for being on the the show and sharing your story. Thank you for having me and doing an awesome job. If you would like to donate to the, the running of this podcast and you can afford a few little bucks a month or whatever it is that you can afford to keep the show going without ads, please hit the PayPal button and if you've got a few loose coins that would really mean a lot to me and other people who are listening to this podcast and getting seeds of inspiration. Also, leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that just means more people will know about it. If you've got a story that you want to share, that you've had success with and that you've researched and found some, some joy and gold in your own diagnosis, please hit me up. I'm always happy to share anyone's story. The main takeaway message in these podcasts is get second opinions, find a doctor that you really resonate with and research the shit out of what you're going on. Get back in the driver's seat of your health, everyone. You do not need to take one person's opinion about the rest of your life and how to live it. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm Lainey Godiva.